Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 20, verses, Galatians chapter 4. What am I saying is this, as long as the heir is a child, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. He is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were children, we were in slavery under the basic principles of the world. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law that we might receive the full rights as sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable principles? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You are observing special days and months and seasons and years, I fear for you that somehow I have wasted my efforts on you. I plead with you, brothers, become like me, for I became like you. You have done me no wrong. As you know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. Even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ Jesus himself. What has happened to all your joy? I can testify that if you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Have I now become your enemy? by telling you the truth. Those people are zealous to win you over, but for no good. What they want is to alienate you from us so that you may be zealous for them. It is fine to be zealous, provided the purpose is good and to be so always and not just when I am with you. Dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you, how I wish I could be with you now and change my tone because I am perplexed about you. 
May God give us understanding of his word this morning. Amen. Let's open in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, again, we want to thank you for being here this morning. We need to be tuned in to your Holy Spirit. Help us not to be distracted, which it's easy to do. And uh, we just pray you'll teach us something new from your word this morning. And so we can benefit from it and be encouraged and built up in the faith. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Finished Galatians chapter 3 last week, and Paul was stating that Christians are Abraham's offspring. Abraham's offspring, spiritual offspring. Co heirs, inheritors with Jesus because of our faith in him. Just like Abraham was saved by faith. He wasn't saved through keeping the law. That didn't come along till 430 years after he died. He was saved the same way that we were, believing the promises of God. Chapter 4 really continues on with the same theme. Because as you know, there were no chapters when Paul wrote this letter. From the time Jesus died and rose from the dead, everyone who receives him as their saviour by faith are adopted into God's family. When you adopt a child, they become part of your family. We too, once we receive Christ as our saviour, we have been adopted by him. He becomes our heavenly father. Amen? Amen. Paul couldn't understand how those Galatian Christians, and majority of them were Gentiles, they moved away from the freedom they had in Christ once they believed by faith the gospel message that Paul preached. They moved away when these false teachers came in, these Judaizers. And these Galatian Christians believed the false teachers. So what they did, they started to put themselves under the bondage of the Mosaic law, where once they received Jesus Christ as Savior, they were set free from the bondage of sin and the law. And now they're putting themselves back under the law. And they weren't even Jews. So Paul, he gives an illustration regarding children. The children are in servitude while their father is still alive. They're under his tutelage until he dies. And when he does die, they receive, the children receive, the inheritance. But until that, they're an underling. They're underage. Even though the child is an heir to the inheritance, they don't inherit anything until the father dies. In verse 1, it says, What am I saying is that as long as an heir is underage, he is no different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate, the heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. Child may inherit and destined to inherit everything the father owns, but until that day came that the father dies, he wasn't free till he got that inheritance. 
Uh, something you want to think about this one. It's a little joke, not particularly funny, but I'll throw it in there anyway, okay? Not as good as the one last week, anyway. I don't think it is. You might think so. A dying millionaire. This is what I read. A dying millionaire. He had a lazy son. And he knew that. Dad knew that. He was a, not a millionaire. He was a billionaire, the father. And the son, who was also very greedy, he wanted to inherit the whole fortune, which he would when his billionaire father died. And knowing that his son was lazy and greedy for the money, he said to the son, he says, I have two plans for you to inherit some of my money. Now think carefully after I finish. This is where you put your thinking caps on. Think carefully after I finish, and he didn't, you know, because he's a very impetuous person, apart from being greedy and lazy. And the dad said to him, here's the two options. He said, you can take one million a day until the hundredth day. Right? You can take a million a day until the hundredth day, or I can give you one cent on the first day, then two cents, then three, etc., etc. The young man says, quickly, he interrupted him, I'll take the second option. One hundred days later, the son got $50.50. Not very good, was it, really? <laughs> no. I'll explain it later. So you have, to get, you have to be with it to understand that one. So he's offering him cents. The son thought he was offering him millions each day. But it was actually the cents. So because he didn't have any cents, he went for the quick option. All right? So he didn't get the billions that he was expecting to get. He only got $50. And anyway, that's the explanation. So don't ask me again. <laughs> Took me a while to figure it out as well. Anyway, it wasn't until Jesus came that people could be free because we were all slaves to sin, weren't we? We're all slaves to sin. We're all in bondage to sin. And then we received Christ. We had the freedom and the power to say no to sin. That's the difference. Verse 3, so also when we were underage, he's talking about those that haven't inherited the full amount. So also when we were underage, before we became Christians, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. You know, we were going here, there and everywhere, doing whatever comes naturally without the aid of the Holy Spirit. We were conformed to this world and its system. We didn't know any better. Why would we? We didn't have the knowledge. We were blinded by the God of this world to believe lies. We didn't have the power to live for God because we, we didn't know Jesus as our saviour. But once we put our faith in him, believing he paid the price for our sins on his own body, on the cross, 
by shedding his blood, we were instantly declared righteous by God. Then we became inheritors. We became co-heirs with Christ. We became the inheritors of all the spiritual blessings along with Christ being a co-heir, a co-inheritor. Spiritually. This took place when God sent his Holy Spirit to live in us in order for us to be children of God. Like I said before, not everybody is a child of God. Only those that have received Jesus and have been adopted into God's family. Verse 6. This is our present condition, our position now. Because you are his sons, not just sons, but also daughters. It's a generic term. Because you are his sons, God sent the Holy Spirit of his Son into our hearts. The Holy Spirit who calls us and calls out Abba, Father. Abba means Daddy. Daddy. God is our Daddy. Is that too impersonal? No. No. We've been adopted into his family. Verse 7. So you are no longer a slave. You were before you were saved. You are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. An heir. We inherit all the spiritual blessings. Having received Jesus, co-heirs with Christ, joint heirs. Paul writes about the difference between being born again and previous to that in slavery under that hard taskmaster, the hard taskmaster, the law, compared to being born again, being set free into that freedom by the power of the Holy Spirit received through believing faith. Paul had to write this letter to correct the wrong thinking of those believers. They'd lost their joy. They'd lost their joy because they were being deceived. They were deceived by these false teachers who were leading them astray. They had no joy whatsoever. He says in verse, where is it? Where's your joy? Where's your joy? It's gone. Read verse 8 through 11, read verse 10. In verse 10, you're observing special days and months and seasons and years, I fear for you, that somehow I've wasted my efforts on you. You know, they had, they'd lost their joy. They'd lost their peace. You know, that's what happens when we sin. That's one of the consequences of when we sin, even as believers. We lose our joy. We lose our peace and thank God we can confess and get back into a right relationship. King David, he, in his psalm, he says, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Not my salvation, because we couldn't save ourselves. Thy salvation. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and renew a right spirit within me. Because he lost his joy, you see, because he was in sin. Restore unto me the joy 
for thy salvation and renew a right spirit within me. Verse 8 through 11, but now that you know God, that's their present position in Christ, they know God. Do you know God? You want to know God? Well, you need to get saved first and then do what you're doing each week. Come and hear the word of God taught and preached. Growing grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior and then read our Bibles every day. If you want to know God, read your Bibles. All right? Start in the New Testament if the old one too complicated for you. But now that you know God or rather are known by God, isn't it wonderful that God knows us? He knows every single hair on our heads. Some have got more than others, I know. But he knows exactly how many. He knows every, when a sparrow falls from the sky. He knows everything. He knows all there is to know. He knows exactly what's going to happen from beginning to end. So we don't have to worry. What I do know is I'm waiting for that rapture. I'm waiting for that trumpet to sound and then we're going to be changed instantly. We're going to be taken out. And I won't want to be left behind when that happens, which I won't be. Thank God I won't be here. All right, or known by God. How is it, he's asking the question to these Galatian Christians that were putting themselves back under the law. They weren't even under the law before, but now they're being put under the law and deceived by these false teachers. How is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? You had no power before you were saved. What are you doing? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? Want to put yourself in bondage? That's not very intelligent. And so Paul reminds the Galatians, they believed him, they believed his message when he first preached the gospel. Apparently he had some physical impediment. It seemed like he had a problem with his eyes. And they, he said, you, you know, that didn't prevent me from preaching the gospel to you. And, and because you love me and the message that I preach, you were willing to give your own eyes to me. But what, what's changed? What's changed? I haven't changed. But you have. Believe in these lies. Have you forgotten when I was with you that I told you the truth and you believed it? What's going on? And even though he was sick, it didn't prevent them from believing his message. But because of those false teachers, they were questioning Paul's motives. They're saying, you know, he's not really an apostle. What, what do you want to believe him for? What, what, you know, what are you doing? You need to believe us. You need to follow the Old Testament law. This is what, this is what the word of God says, which is true. But that was all law and there was no grace. They questioned Paul's motives. He had some ulterior motive while he was preaching the gospel. He was trying to be elevated and trying to be number one. So why would you listen to him? Anyway, he's not even here to help you now. He's off in Greece. You know, don't listen to him, listen to us. But they were deceived, you see. They didn't believe 
they, initially they believed Paul's message, and now they're saying his message was untrustworthy. Can't believe it. But we know from experience that the word of God is completely trustworthy. Amen? Amen. Completely trustworthy. Because it's God's word. If you can't believe God's word, you can't believe anything. Verse 17. He said, those people, Paul is referring to those false teachers that were deceiving them, said they're, they're zealous. You know, they've got a lot of zeal. But they're doing it to win you over. Those people are zealous to win you over. But to no good. What they want is to alienate you from us. So that you may have zeal for them. So they wanted to turn their allegiance from the true gospel preacher. To them. So they could be elevated. And be number one. And to control those Christians. To manipulate them to start thinking like they did. Which was wrong thinking. This is why Paul had to write, amen? Their attitude towards Paul after he left Turkey must have hurt his feelings tremendously. And he was beginning, he said that in verse 11, and I'll read it in a minute. He was beginning to wonder all the work that he'd put in there and all the sacrifices that he'd made was a complete waste of time. Of course it wasn't because they got saved through his preaching, amen? Verse 11, he said, I fear for you that somehow I have wasted my efforts on you. What was the point of me going there and preaching the gospel to you and then you believed but now you're turning away from what you know to be the truth. And it must have hurt his feelings. However, his love for them did not change. Didn't change at all. He regarded them just as though they were his own children. And I'm not sure if Paul had any children or not. Most unlikely. I think possibly that he was married at one time and his wife died. So he was a widower because in order to be on the Sanhedrin, which he was, being a Pharisee, one had to be married. But there's no record to suggest that, apart from what I've just told you, that he had any children whatsoever. But the fact that he preached the gospel in various places, in Turkey and in Greece and here, there and everywhere, once they got saved, he was like their spiritual father. They were like his children, you know. Like we are God's children. We are Jesus' little flock. We're his sheep. Do you know that? You can go, meh. <laughs> you're not a goat, you're a sheep. Anyway, because Rick cannot edit this, I won't continue going down bunny trails. He's not here, all right? So these people that are going to listen to this, they don't know me like you know me. So. <laughs> like that joke. I'm still trying to figure that one out. His love for them hadn't changed. He said, my, verse 19, I'm almost finished. 
He said, my dear children. He, didn't, he never gave birth to them. And he was a man anyway, he couldn't. But. My dear children, whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. He just wanted them to mature in the faith and be filled with the Holy Spirit and be filled with joy and peace which they had lost because they were putting themselves under the law. And they were miserable, just like everybody else who tries to be perfect in their own strength, like the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. That's why they were sad, you see. <laughs> My children, and I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. How I wish I could be with you now and change my tone. See, he was letting them have it. Tough love. I wish I could change my tone because I am perplexed about you. Couldn't understand it. Couldn't equate it in his thinking. They're going from complete joy and freedom in Christ, putting themselves and believing these false teachers, putting themselves to follow a set of rules. You're observing, verse 10, you're observing special days and months and seasons and years. There weren't even Jews. It grieved him. Knowing that the freedom they once had and once enjoyed from a simple faith in Christ and the finished work on the cross to performing works by themselves. Doing this, trying to gain acceptance with God, trying to get brownie points with God by the things that they do. So let me close. Some people never change, even in today. In our day, there are innumerable people that attend churches who are very similar to those false teachers that are children of the flesh. Yes, they believe in Jesus, but they want to put themselves and other Christians under the law by following a certain set of rules. You must do this. You must do that in order to be acceptable to God. Countless millions come up with their own rules to be what they think acceptable to God. Listen, but the truth is that true believers in Christ are already acceptable to God the moment they receive Jesus Christ as their saviour. The moment we receive Jesus Christ as our Saviour, we are instantly accepted into the Beloved. Not by, we won't say by what we did or what we do, we will say by faith through grace in Christ Jesus. When we first believed, when we first received him, we were born into his family. Now we share in the promised inheritance by the power of the Holy Spirit, through faith in God's beloved Son. Amen? Amen. Amen. 
Let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, again, we're so thankful to be here. We pray the things that we've heard this morning will be an encouragement to us, the body of Christ. It would have built us up in the faith to edify us. It's uh, our tendency as human beings to want to do things to be acceptable. But the only thing we need to do to be acceptable to you is to receive your son whom you sent. Full stop, period, job done. Jesus said, it is finished. The last thing he said on that cross, he accomplished what he set out to do. Now all we need to do, having received you as Savior by faith, we need to live by faith each and every day, knowing that we are accepted in the beloved, not because we are good, not because we deserve it, simply because of your wonderful, amazing grace that you freely give us once we received the amazing grace of Jesus Christ, who is full of grace and truth. Help us to remember that, the freedom that we have, and not try to put ourselves under a set of rules that we can't keep without the aid of the Holy Spirit. Maybe somebody, I know there is, listening to this message, wherever you may be, you need to believe in Christ Jesus and what he did for you on that cross. Because you're a sinner, you've fallen short of the glory of God, nothing unholy can enter into heaven. So you need to have your sins forgiven. And the only way you can, that can happen is by receiving Jesus who was without sin. He took the punishment that you deserve on that cross. That's how much he loved you are you going to reject him? Did he die in vain? That's what you're saying if you don't receive him and believe what he did for you, that he died in vain. But those of us that have received him know that he didn't. And you could be part of his family, just like we are. Not that you deserve it. We don't. You can't earn it. You can never be good enough. So the only way you can be declared righteous is by receiving the Son of Righteousness himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, who loved you, he died for you, he shed his blood for you, he suffered that pain for you, humiliation, was buried and he rose again from the dead. He's the only one who ever did. You believe that in your heart, Receiving, receive him as your savior. Call upon his name and he'll answer your prayer if it's sincere and then you'll pass from death to life. Amen. 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 All right. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m., we are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.